five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, and we're fighting for direct mail again today. That's the way it goes around here. Got a couple of interesting articles, but first let's get over to Pellegrino with Stanley Tucci. Make a perfect moment with San Pellegrino Essenza. The recipe is simple. One part good people, one part good food, and a little Mediterranean flavor. Okay, so I don't know what was so funny, but, you know, I really like Stanley Tucci. I loved Midsummer Night's Dream. That's one of my favorite, you know, favorite Shakespearean plays, but uh, he was, uh, he was uh, Puck and just did a great job on it, I thought so. And, uh, but I think he, he over-smiled a little bit in this one. Uh, it just can't imagine anything being quite that funny. <laughs> and I don't remember having any flavored mineral water when I was in Italy for three weeks. I don't remember. Maybe we just had regular water. Um, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> Picnic with the boys. Anyway, let's get over to the rest of the news. Okay. And, um, oh, this is. It's the same uh, look here. <laughs> I had the same picture up. Okay, Stanley Import Tucci imports Mediterranean life in Pellegrino's Perfect Moments sec Secundi. And uh, Audrey Kemp brought us this. And the gist of it is that uh, the flavored water is goes with good people, good food, and a little Mediterranean flavor. And... It continues Stanley's multi-year partnership, and um, it's supposed to bring the essence of Italy stateside, according to Thomas Coquette, marketing director of S. Pellegrino. Stanley said, this is an Italian company, uh, and, you know, <laughs> sounds like it is. Probably owned by by AB Bev. <laughs> anyway, let's go on. Okay, marketers lack confidence, according to Lori Sullivan. Now I spent a few minutes trying to decipher this chart, and uh, it looks like these are the percentages that people think are important. This was analytics and data, and this was um, communicating the value of marketing and they thought those were important. I don't see how the confident or less confident worked their way out. Just this chart made no sense to me. So we'll just go read with read the text. I like the chart, but it didn't make any sense. Uh, it said two and three marketers lack confidence in their ability to achieve goals. And I think that comes from this 63%, but that's not what it seems to be about. So I'm not sure if these numbers are right or wrong or what. Uh, 500 marketers were surveyed. 80% were concerned about the lack of investment or budget cuts. I don't see that on that chart at all. Um, uh, 
I thought this was good. CMOs and CFOs are doing a better job of aligning on important metrics such as customer acquisition costs and customer lifetime value. You know, this is basically the value of retention and this is the cost of acquisition. Those two flow rates kind of tell the story, right? Um, marketers said that the CFO doesn't always like to give them test testing budget because testing doesn't always show a return on investment. Au contraire, testing always gives you a return on investment because it helps you avoid mistakes. <laughs> even if, even if, I mean, in in, a, in any test, one side wins, one side loses. The, the The results might be inconsequential. It might not be enough of a difference, right, to to develop uh, or refine a hypothesis. But it is. A learning experience so there's still learning going on in a test even if your your new direction fails abysmally you know if uh, well of course there wasn't you know and that's the fun you know one can of Bud Light with someone's picture on it can blow up into destroying your business right on social media which is why sometimes it makes more sense to test quietly. Test quietly and learn always. Always learn. But again, that gets at the the uh, ability of marketing to communicate, which I'm not sure is always that well developed. Only 23% of marketing leaders say they have an effective relationship with IT. That's common. I've spent a career translating between IT and marketing. One of the reasons, in case you want to know, is that IT is operational and uh, procedural. So what they want is they want to develop specifications. They want to program. They want to test and debug. And then they want to sign off. And hopefully that piece of software will run for a while, right? Marketing is, rather than being procedural, is opportunistic. Okay, Marketing is trying to predict the future. They're always looking for new opportunities, new ideas, right? And so marketing, no matter what you give them. You know, I used to tell a story about the marketing department wanting a report. And the, they, they, they come into the IT department and say, I'd like this report. And, uh, or I'd, you could say, I'd like this data. And... Uh, Back in the old days when it was called programming, uh, the, the IT guy would hand them a, a report to fill out with, you know, the headers and the different, different, uh, in different header titles of each column and how wide the column is and the equations that would de derive and where the data comes from. And so marketing would, you know, probably never get that filled out might not even know what the what the right answers were, would be even if they tried but eventually let's just say for the sake of the story the marketer gets it filled out and hands it back and of course the IT guy will look at it and say well mm, we're not really set up for that and uh, you know the quarterly reports are due and uh, so we'll get back to you and um, you know six months go by and Finally, the report comes back, and by then, marketing has forgotten what they were trying to figure out. But let's just say they remember, or, they're, or they've gone on to other jobs. 
But let's just say none of that happened. Let's just say they actually remember what they were after. And let's say that the report is perfect the first try. And they go, oh, look, this, just as I expected, this correlates with that and this and that. And then probably, hmm, I wonder if, and then they go back and need another report. Because as my rabbi used to say, uh, no, he didn't say this. He said one, he said the question of a wise man is half the answer. But uh, the other one is, uh, with every good answer comes two new good questions. And that's the way marketing is. That's the way they think. That's the way we think. And no matter what you give us, we'll never be happy. And so IT knows that Whatever they ask for, you give them half of what they ask for because they're asking for twice of what they want because they're sure that you're going to give them only half. The only problem is you don't know which half to give them. And so there's just mental problems between CIOs and CMOs. And it's very, very rare that you can talk across that unless you had a brain injury like I have. And much of my career has been communicating that, that at that interface, right? Now, um, these, and, and why it's important, according to Lori, is that leveraging data and analytic, uh, analytics become, uh, to become more predictive are one of the most important things that marketing is after. However, as we've shared many times, the only really, the only way, really certain way that humans can predict, you know, as, uh, as Mr. Spock said, if I drop once, when James T. Kirk was on trial, if I drop a hammer on a positive gravity planet, I do not need to watch it fall to know that it will hit the surface. Sounds fair, right? The reason we can predict the future, and as far as I know, the only reason is that we have quantified incremental causal forces, okay? We know how much, if you push this way, what happens this way, okay? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And if we can measure the causal forces, then we can know what's going to happen next. But it's only in a very, very limited circumstance, right? It's only in a very, very limited circumstance where we can follow the causal train. And, and we, we have to isolate different causal forces. And that's the role of science. The role of science is to figure out what's causing, what A is causing B. Which of the, all the variables possible matter. Okay. Now, sadly, marketing rarely approaches the task of predictive marketing this way. Instead, what they try to do is quantify the past best they can and guess. And it, for the most part, doesn't work at all. It's probably impossible and probably doesn't work. And I, I wish someone would challenge me on this. I'd love to have a debate. It would be wonderful. You know, never mind, that's my master's degree was in was in causality and science, right? And miracles. So again, I don't understand these things, but at the end, 
Lori says, the study suggests that marketing attribution, which has become easier to do as the pandemic has eased, not sure why that follows, sent marketing attribution sent every customer to digital channels where engagement could be tracked, measured, and optimized. And again, digital is almost impossible. Yes, you can do attribution. You can tell where somebody came from who clicked on your site. You can tell if they've been there before, right, with a cookie. First-party cookies are staying around. They're not going away. No one ever said they would, right? Okay. Does that give you incremental causal impact? No. It tells you something, but it doesn't tell you what you need to know, right? Uh <laughs> When I did consulting at General Motors, you know, the EDS hired me and brought me in and I asked him why I was here and that went, that used up about an hour and a half. I was just trying to get through the day with something, you know, have something productive happen. And uh, after about an hour and a half, I said, well, what are you really trying to find out? And they said, well, what we'd really like to know is who would have bought a car without the $5,000 credit card rebate? And I said, well, what answer would you like? And they said, well, we thought you were a data guy. And I said, well, the easy way to answer it would have been to set up tests at the beginning. And then you could have clearly seen the incremental difference between markets. But you probably didn't, right? You told everybody you can have the $5,000. So now it's hard to know what would have happened. Now, you could have established a baseline and you could have looked for differentials uh, after the fact, and you know, there there was a way to do it, and I should have thought about it a little more before I gave that smart aleck answer. But the the truth is that the easy way to understand attribution is to set it up right in the first place. And if you're using Google Analytics, guess what? Digital is going to be the answer to all your troubles. <laughs> they have a vested interest in giving you that answer. Okay. Well, anyway, let's go on. Four reasons realtors should invest in direct mail real estate. Okay, so, and then statistics indicate, it's like studies show, that direct marketing gets a return on investment of 112%. 112, not 113, not 111. 112%. At least he gives the, uh, he gives the uh, postalanalytics.com, he gives the footnote there, the site where you can see this report, um, you know, so hard to know. But we can know it to the, you know, the three digits. Americans, this probably is true, Americans feel more comfortable getting mail than other forms of advertising, including social media ads. Yeah, that's been, that's been proven over and over and over. Um, what's interesting is this one says that direct mail is easier to develop data-driven campaigns and track results. I'm not sure that's true, um, but most of the time we, you know, we drive them to a website or a landing page or something. We put a QR code on it, or we have a phone number to call, or we have some way to track it. There's almost always ways to track it, but the the more important part is that we know who who engaged, and we know that it's hmm, it gets down further. It's going to say it's measurable. So we'll talk about that in a minute. 
but direct mail, when you put a mailing into the mail, typically you see a bump in leads or in site visits or in sales, right? And because of that bump, it's easier to see and to attribute that to an incremental cause by mail. Does that make sense? Okay. It's more personal. Here we go with the personal bit again. Personalizing direct mail means putting the recipient's name and address on it and targeting them using their purchase history. Now, in real estate, I'm not quite sure how that what that means. Does that mean the house they live in? That was the, their last real estate purchase, probably. Most of us only have one piece of real estate, if that, right? Um, I, I'm an investor in another piece of real estate, but that one probably you wouldn't know about, right? So, and I moved into my house in about 1988 uh, or so, which is, or 87, 86, in there someplace, a long time ago. Yeah, it's getting to be a long time. And uh, so I don't know how real estate would have any handle on purchase history, right? It Maybe AI wrote this. That would be, you know, from now on, anytime I incur, in, in, anytime I encounter, uh, and who wrote this? Oh, Jamie. Okay, probably on the original it says it. Sometimes I cut those and paste them in so I know. So when Jamie wrote this, you know, Sometimes I just attribute it to people using ChatGPT, where they just pull together stuff. Like the average household receives 454, not 455, but 454 pieces of mail, marketing email, yearly. Yearly? I get that daily. Daily? For sure daily. Sometimes I get 600. You know, if I look away for a few minutes, I got another 100. The average American household? And who sends email to a household anyway? Nobody. Nobody I know. Only one person I can think of has their, on their email, it says the husband and wife's name and the household. Nope, I can think of two. Okay. But most of us have our own email or seven or eight or ten or more. So maybe it's chat GPT. But anyway... Yes, the, 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 the reality is is that when you advertise online, most of the time you're going to be advertising with, with uh, Yelp or uh, whatever, or some uh, aggregator, some conglomerate. And like the Yellow Pages of old, you're competing with your competitors for visibility. And no matter who uh, searches, they're not going to see your company name. So you may want to send out a refrigerator magnet like my friend Tim Michalak does. And I always remember him. And he got the commission when we sold Mom's house, which I'm sure was six figures or so. Anyway, maybe he had to split that. So maybe it was not quite that. It was, to, it was split with another realtor. Okay, but what you want is you want listings. You want people to remember that when they put their house up for sale, I probably know a dozen realtors, but only Tim sends me refrigerator magnets. And Tim had also brought some potential buyers around, even when the house wasn't on sale. And so I, 
I have a neighbor, I have my next door neighbor, and three or four houses down, I have another neighbor. They're both excellent realtors. I would have given it to either of them, I think, if they would have called. But one of them even, I think both of them even came to the funeral. I'm not sure Tim came to the funeral. But they didn't call. And he was there with his regular mail. So direct mail campaigns are trackable and measurable. And by measurable, we might mean they have enough impact to actually see the incremental lift when you do it. I used to fight with the with the framers of the direct marketing definition because they said, uh, create a measurable response. And I said, well, you mean we could measure, but we didn't measure able. But it also means of significant impact, of significant trackable uh, data, right? Um, you can track lifetime value. Not sure, unless you have somebody that buys another house every couple of years. Um, that usually has more to do with, well, it was really invented by by Martin Baer, who was tracking term life insurance, and you can see when the payments stop, okay? You don't have to... You don't have to know whether the customer is dead or not. They'll tell you. Or if they just stop paying, you'll know that too. So direct mail can complement other retail real estate marketing campaigns. And we see that a lot. So anyway, mm, probably written by AI. But Jamie, I'll try to find your name on the original and tag you. And you can feel free to reach out to me and tell me. Tell me what I missed. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.